0: Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we are joined by Carmen Vitale to preview the Buccaneers and Panthers.
1: At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off and watch some football. Game winning touchdowns on two minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do mybookie has got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate this offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You
0: can't run the race, too fast. What's up, and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com, and make sure you follow along on Twitter, at Locked on Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Joining us now is somebody who firmly believes the boneless wings are glorified chicken nuggets. Her favorite Ninja hey. Turtle is Donatello. And she also believes that history began on July 4th, 1776. Everything else before that was a mistake. From Buccaneers.com, Carmen (laughs) Vitale. Carmen, how you doing?
2: My family's not even from this country.
1: (laughs) I I think you're off off base on a few of those those items.
0: Nope, nope. That's that's the intro um, for today. So those are the Carmen right, Vitale so we're, facts.
2: We're, we're coming with it. Hi guys, nice to hear from you. I would say see you, but I can't see you, so it's cool.
0: That's true. We could turn on cameras, but you probably wouldn't like what you saw. Nah, nobody
2: wants. To <laughs> yeah, on, on all accounts, on all fronts.
0: <laughs> so I, I heard you say no. So who is your favorite Ninja Turtle?
2: Um, it's definitely Michelangelo.
0: That's fair. I, everybody's favorite course, is either yeah, Michelangelo definitely. or Raphael, but Donatello was the first yeah. one that popped in my head. Michelangelo. Okay, that's off. fair. I'm yeah. a Raphael kind of guy. Of course.
2: I was yeah. always more of a Power Rangers person than myself. so. Um,
0: I, I yeah. did love me some Power Rangers back in the day. Good old Tommy going from green to white.
2: He green to awesome. white comes back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was the Pink Ranger like three years in a row for Halloween. And my nice. poor parents, like, I insisted on getting a new Pink Ranger costume
1: every oh, year. Of course. <laughs> never felt yeah, older than, than right now. You never felt what? Older.
0: <laughs> You're not that much
1: older. Apparently, I'm enough older. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Ugh.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, I was young. I was I was really young. Well, I know I'm much older than
1: you. Kar- well, I mean, much older. Like, <laughs> know, like, 10 plus years older than you. James and I are a little closer, but apparently that that age difference is significant enough to draw a gap there.
0: Power Rangers got big
1: (laughs) when I was in the third grade. No, I didn't. Okay. Well, this is totally off topic. So how's London, Carmen?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in London yet.
1: Yes, you are. This episode's Uh, on Friday.
2: Oh, (laughs) yeah. right. I'm totally in London right
1: now. Smooth flight.
2: Yeah, it was great, you know, I just, I, I took some melatonin, passed out on the plane, probably said some weird stuff in my dreams, who knows.
0: <laughs> well, of course, yeah, we, we are recording this a little early to make sure that we could get Carmen on the preview episode, because we haven't had you on for a Friday preview show in a couple of weeks. It's It's been a little lonely, I'm
2: not gonna lie. Uh, I'm sorry about that, guys. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a hectic go of it we haven't really had like a normal week it's like there's been something or another that's like happened where it's like I I mean I guess the same game but we got back so late from LA that it just like it felt like it wasn't a normal week either so it's just we haven't really had a totally normal week and it's just thrown everything off
1: yeah when we had Jill on Jill Jill, we said the same thing like this season for some reason just seems just just insane it's just one thing after another uh, across the league even, but I mean, especially obviously with you guys too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's just, um, it, it affects everything. So.
0: All right. Well, Carmen, let's go ahead and jump into it. We, we saw that the Devin white was active for the saints didn't play, but, uh, mm-hmm. Bruce Arians told the media that he was, he was going to start this week. Uh, this is a Panthers team that the bucks beat in week two and they haven't lost since so Mm -hmm. how how important is it to have a guy like Devin White coming back when they are going up against Christian McCaffrey who has been absolutely on fire since being shut down by the Bucks
2: yeah he's 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 a scary dude and we know he's a scary dude um it I think it'll help just in the way of and Coach Arian said it Kevin Minter has been an awesome villain I mean as far as the way he understands the scheme he probably understands it better than anybody having had experience with Coach Bowles in the past and, and understanding kind of his philosophy on the defense. Um, but, I mean, you can't deny that Devin is a special, very athletic player, and he plays a little bit different than Kevin. I feel like Kev is a lot better coming downhill. He's a lot more physical um, in a lot of ways, but Devin is can be physical and come downhill, but he also is good in coverage um, along with Levante. And the way that they use Christian McCaffrey – um, they bounce him out, you know, throw him out to the outside a lot. So you kind of need those inside backers that can move laterally and have that um, skill set in order to stop him. So you can't just – he's not going to be running up the gut on you very often.
1: Yeah, a huge piece of this from a storyline standpoint, a you know, an emotional standpoint for him, I'm sure, looking back to getting back on the field uh, to continue his NFL career. But then at the same time in trying to contain and stop Christian McCaffrey – and looking at the stats, I mean, the, the Buccaneers are the only team this year to keep Christian McCaffrey alone under 170 yards of offense. And they're the only defense so far this year to keep Christian McCaffrey from having at least one 20-plus-yard play in the game. Even even the loss against the Rams, Christian still went off himself and had 20-plus-yard plays and, and so on and so forth. Carmen, if you're making prop bets, and I know you can't just for the record – Carmen Vitali of Tampa Bay Buccaneers does not support any gambling sites or participate in them. But if you had to, Carmen, um, if you had to bet M&M, not money, how many M&Ms would you be willing to bet that the Buccaneers can keep Christian under 100 yards of total offense?
2: Um, I'd be willing to bet a lot just because I don't think that the way that they're using him has changed a whole lot since week two, and I really think that um, our defense has a really good plan for him. Um, I think the wild card is going to be more of um, Kyle Allen versus what Cam Newton was able to do. Um, you know, Kyle has his strengths, which are different from Cam's. So I feel as though that's going to be the bigger challenge. Um, and but I, I I'm gonna bet I don't know man 50 M&Ms that they can
1: keep him under 100
2: yards. No, let's go 100. Yeah. I'll I'll go 100 M&Ms. They can keep him under 100 yards.
1: So there you go, 100 M&Ms, and if you can find the right site to double your M&M investment in your first bet, you can get 200 M&Ms that Christian McCaffrey won't get 100 yards.
0: It's funny you said M&Ms. I have a 18.4-ounce bag of peanut butter M&Ms right here.
2: Well, that would kill me, so um, (laughs) let's not do that.
0: Are you kidding? That's breakfast.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm allergic (laughs) to peanuts, so it would literally kill me. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) I plain m Ms. I could easily take that out.
0: Yeah, or you know, there's the uh, ooh the pretzel M Ms.
2: Those are good. Ooh, those are great. Actually, the caramel M Ms are pretty good. I the do like those. M Ms. Almond M Ms. All right, now I'm getting off on a tangent. <laughs>
0: Well, and and you, you started to bring up uh, it, the exact direction I wanted to go next, and that, of course, was with Kyle Allen. It, it seems that this Panthers team is just absolutely firing on all cylinders with a healthy quarterback there. How important is it for the Buccaneers to get Jamel Dean back this
2: week? I mean, it definitely helps as far as just, With your cornerbacks, too, positions like that, I mean, you're running up and down the field. These guys get gassed just like anybody else. I mean, they're probably in some of the best shape of any of the guys on the team, but it helps with depth and to be able to rotate those guys in and out. Um, And, I mean, they're going to have a test with these receivers. Kyle Kyle Allen is a very accurate passer, so, I mean, not to say that Cam isn't, um, but I think that you kind of know Cam's limitations when it comes to the passing game and you know that you just have to be aware that he could take off at any point. Um, but with Kyle Allen, you know, he's shown that it, he can stay in that pocket and he can, you know, fire stuff off and he can make things happen. So, so, um, yeah, I think they're going to have to be really aware of um, what these guys can do on the outside. Um, and especially, I think, You know, with Curtis Samuel being the player that he is, too, I think he can create a lot of confusion in tandem with Christian McCaffrey because you've seen uh, Samuel come out of, you know, the backfield on on some of those, you know, reverses, the the swing pass, like all that kind of stuff. So I think that that's going to be important. And they both go to the outside. So, you know, any of the corners that you can get out there and if you can rotate, rotate them in and out to kind of keep them fresh is a good idea online in my
1: in my mind oh yeah most definitely and it's kind of funny actually because today because so I, I was listening to some of the things the panthers were putting out and some of the things they were writing uh, about the buccaneers and i listened to a ron rivera press conference and he acknowledged in the press conference that you know he's been criticized he's heard the criticism uh in the past of not getting curtis samuel as involved in the offense as maybe people kind of expected him to when he came out of ohio state because with the buckeyes curtis samuel was essentially a swiss army knife i mean he ran the ball he, you know, he would take screens, run deep routes, you know, so on and so forth. And the Carolina's really kind of started doing that. And I, and I feel like what they're doing, um, like you said, you know, uh, I know, I know that uh, I think Todd Bowles said the same thing. There, there's been a couple people talk about the same topic, how they're using a lot of motion. They're using a lot of screens. They're using a lot of things to try to take advantage of uh, somewhat aggression, but also give Kyle Allen somewhat simplistic things to, to do to allow their playmaker space to operate. A lot of this kind of defensive downturn that the Buccaneers have been experiencing over the last couple of weeks uh, against Los Angeles and the New Orleans. A lot of people have been wondering if that's communication based because we know how much, you know, Todd bowls the coaches, people at training camp were praising. You could hear them, you know, audibly communicating with each other, or talking to each other, and, and they would tend to be in the right places at the right time. So a lot of people were wondering with Devin White coming back, is that going to be improved? But I wonder Carmen, you know, being there seeing the practices and stuff is is have you seen it have you witnessed a drop off in communication or do you think this is a matter of uh offenses basically having film now on these young defensive backs and kind of coming up with new ways to try to manipulate them that they've just got to get over that uh learning curve and, and get better at defending.
2: Um I wouldn't say that there's a downturn in communication necessarily um but I do think that, you know, it's just—it's such an integral part of what these guys have to do because there are a lot of on-field adjustments um, that are needed, and so I think that you know, it's—it's it's really like—I know it seems really black and white, people. You know, when you field a team and and you have like all these moving parts, but. I mean, it's really easy for stuff for stuff to go wrong on the field or to react to something that you're reading. Like, you know, if you have one assignment, but then you see, you know, something that you don't expect. And so you try to adjust, well, then that throws off what, you know, someone next to you is about to do. And, you know, it, stuff like that happens. Um, but I really think that, you know, they just kind of, I'm not worried about it. Just because I really think that they know what to do and they know what they're doing and they just, Kind of need to get a handle on um remembering you know what they're capable of and what what they can do and what they did at the beginning of the season. I don't know that um like there the thing with this defense is there's no tendencies, so even like with having film on these guys uh, you're not seeing them do the same things every time you're not seeing them get the same looks every time you're not seeing them do the same things from the same looks every time um so I don't think it's necessarily that um but it, I mean this is a really young secondary and It's just – it's still kind of a learning curve. Um, And especially, like, you know, in the same game, I think Carlton going down really was a big factor. Uh, Not going down, but getting ejected. Um, You know, that kind of – that changes a lot uh, because of what his skill set and what he can do. Um, And then, you know, you put Sean, who's a rookie on the outside, who has also gotten most of his work uh, at nickel. So, um, he's gotten, you know, work on the outside. He knows he's been cross-trained at both positions. um, But that gets confusing for a rookie. You know, like, which position am I in right now? Uh, I know what both are supposed to do, but which one am I? You know, like, putting that all together. Um, But I think everything has settled down. And, you know, playing another – an opponent that they've already played, I think, will help. Is
0: there any kind of, for lack of a better term, growing frustration with – OJ Howard's use or lack thereof this season?
2: Um, I think that he would like to be more statistically involved. In but I know he would. Um, but I just and I I think we all would. Let's let's face it. I love it when OJ catches ball. It's very exciting. He is a freak athlete and it's so cool, you know, to see what he can do as far as that goes. But he's having an impact. It's just not on the stat sheet. Um I brought this up. I think was it It was against against the rams um that one that that 67 yard bomb to mike evans i broke this play down um and oj was a big reason why mike evans was one-on-one because he drew um the safety with him across the field and so people are still respecting oj in the passing game and it's taking the heat off of other guys so i know you know like most people said well chris godwin is the one that's taking heat off mike well so was oj and same goes for chris godwin and that's why both of these guys have been going off because oj is also taking the heat off of these guys um so that's one of those like measurable those things that you can't really measure um and so i don't think that there's as much of a frustration internally as there might be externally because they can these guys see what oj still brings and the impact he still has um, but again i mean he's a competitor he wants to you know, his hands on the ball, too. He wants four touchdowns. Um, And I think that, you know, it's just a matter of time before it happens.
0: Well, and and speaking of his impact away from the ball, uh, on the Crossover Wednesday episode when I was speaking to the host of Locked on Panthers, I felt that this might be O.J. Howard's most important game, and it may result in him getting no targets at all because the way the right side of the offensive line has been basically removed from this game with the injuries to dot and to Alex Kappa. How much do you think the bucks are going to use OJ as that extra blocker over on the side to try to neutralize this Panthers pass rush?
2: I mean, I think that that's a very valid point and OJ has gotten so good um, in his blocking abilities. Um, I think you'll see, you could maybe see more of Anthony O'Clair too, because he's, you know, the blocking tight end as far as that goes. Um, but I don't think it hurts to have OJ obviously out there as well because you don't know if he's going to block. You don't know if he's going to be, you know, involved in the passing game. Um, but I do know, you know, that they have faith in, in their depth on offensive line. I mean, you're going to see Earl Watford step up. Um, Josh Wells was away from the team today because his wife is having a baby. Oh. Um, and, yeah, so he was not at practice today, but that's because he went to go be with her. And we're hoping everything goes well, so he should be back soon um to make the trip but um I think you know it's it's still that next man up mentality, and it's not like you know it's gonna be a, there's not gonna be any you know anybody on the right side of that offensive line um but I just you know it is it is tough to see a guy like especially like you know Kappa go down who is so tough and so young, and you just see him like i mean. When I heard that he had broken his arm, I, I but, like, finished the game, I was like, good Lord. And I had just seen him that morning, like, the morning after the game. I had just seen him. He was, like, had his arm all wrapped up, and he was smiling, like, "Good morning, and I was just like, hi. No idea it was broken. Like, he could not have been more positive. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> after I heard that. I was like, oh, my God.
0: All right. Well, Carmen – It's the Friday episode, so you know exactly what's coming up next.
2: It's prediction
0: time. So we'll start with you, of course. Who is your predictive offensive player of the game?
2: That's tough. Um, But I'm going to go with... Hmm. You think i like to think about this beforehand, and I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> but then I go with my gut. Um, I am going to say Mike Evans because he, I just, you know, I know he doesn't like not having a catch. And oh. I think that there will be an emphasis on um, getting him the ball more. And I think that he will have a little bit of a fire in him to get the ball more. Yeah, I think so
0: especially seeing that streak come to an end that was that was heartbreaking but yeah I'm sure he wouldn't mind as much had the Bucks come away with a win in New Orleans but yeah, that's that's going to sting for a little while
2: yeah yeah I mean he's also not one though that super cares about streaks I think he just doesn't like not being not being a contributor that's more I think where he comes from
0: all right, David, are, are you uh, are you ready with your predictive offensive player of the game?
1: Yes, mine is Rojo. Um, the Carolina Panthers giving up 4.9 yards per carry right now on the year, which is seventh most in the NFL. Uh, Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwood. they want to establish the run in every single game to open up that play action, takes pressure off of James Winston and make defenses commit more into the box, which opens things up, obviously, for Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, so on and so forth. I just feel Rojo has been on the verge of a huge run since, like, June. <laughs> um, so I feel yeah. like it's coming. And so, yeah, Rojo is going to be my my guy this week.
0: All right. Well, piggybacking off of something that I just asked you, Carmen, my predictive offensive player of the game is going to be Cameron Brait. I think if the Bucks are utilizing OJ to help that that right side of the offensive line, I could see Brayt finishing with four or five targets, probably three of them in the red zone, and I think he comes away with a key touchdown. Uh, so, yeah, give me give me Cameron Brayt for my offensive player. Let's get some tight ends involved, like by that. God. I like that. I like that. All right, well, defensive player of the game, and we've instituted the Shaq Barrett rules. We are not allowed to pick Shaq Barrett as our predictive player of the game. So we're <laughs> unfortunately going to have to extend that to you. So outside uh, of Sir Sack himself, uh, who do you see as your, uh, your defensive player of the game?
2: Um, I'm going to definitely have to go with someone on the line because of their role in shutting down the run game. I think it's very underrated how – good Vita Vea is laterally um, and how much of a factor he can be against Christian McCaffrey despite the fact that he doesn't go up the middle very often um, but I also just love Carl and I want Carl to get another sack so I'm actually going to go ahead and say Carl because he hasn't fired up this week to practice he's like my number one source of entertainment um, in practice just from all of the nonsense that he yells all the time um, so, I'm going to go with Carl, and he's going to have a sack, at least.
0: Uh, he he probably would have had a couple against New Orleans if, you know, he hadn't been held without any flags against New Orleans. David, <laughs> who's your predictive defensive player of the game? No comments.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it, actually. You said it. Yeah, so I, I, I said it. Yeah. I didn't say it. I was
1: thinking it. <laughs> um... In can sue. So yeah. for for a lot of the same reason, I mean that defensive line is is gonna be a huge part of this, obviously, especially when you're talking about stopping the run, stopping a guy like Christian McCaffrey uh setting the edge and and, and help or helping set the edge on certain plays and all that stuff. Uh but in Dominican Sue really because I feel like the team's kind of at a crossroads right now, you know, especially getting ready to go into the bye week. I feel like there's a lot that can get learned over the bye week, a lot that can kind of settle in and and once the players kind of get an opportunity to step away from the game. Uh, Not completely, but, you know, for as much as they get to for a weekend and, and all that stuff and put things back in perspective, they can come back a more resilient team than they even are already. Um, And Andomican's a guy who's been there. You know, the the defense is very young. We have some veterans like Levante on there, obviously, but Andomican has been there. He's been on a Super Bowl team. He's been on teams that uh sucked. Let's just, you know, let's just put it what it is, right? And I remember thinking back to when Bruce Arians called the secondary soft, and it took me back to when – there was the quote unquote controversy of Indominus Sue telling his teammates in Miami that they were soft and how that was perceived as he was toxic and he was a cancer in the locker room and everything else. And, And no, that's just honest, upfront leadership. And that's what you need from veterans. That's what you need from your coaches. You need honesty. You don't need, you know, daycare, you know, providers, you need coaches, you need mentors, you need people who are going to push you to be better. And I feel like Sue can keep things in perspective with this being week six of a long season but he can also bring the intensity with this being a division matchup and he can get these young guys and kind of bring them along. And I know I'm going a little bit longer on this than I planned to, but going back to I heard Coach Locust on uh, Bucks Access, and uh, she talked about his leadership, and, and that right there kind of drove the point home about his professionalism and how his reputation isn't exactly – isn't at all what you actually get when you get the real Sue. And I feel like this week more than maybe any other so far is the most important time for Sue's leadership, mentorship, veteran status and uh just ability to to handle business in a straightforward matter is going to be most important. All
0: right. All right. Well, I will go to, to answer David, the uh, the bit in there about Bruce Arians calling the secondary soft. I'm going with Carlton Davis. I think he's a little bit upset and a little bit embarrassed that he was ejected from that game. And, Probably frustrated that that Bruce had to call out the secondary. I think he comes back uh, ready to play, ready to show that that he certainly is not soft. He'll be penalty free, and he will have an interception.
1: Ooh, I dig it. All right, I, I like the penalty free a little bit more. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, but both would be yeah, great.
2: He, he's learning. He's learning.
1: So, all right, Carmen,
0: your bold prediction for the game.
2: Bold prediction for the game, and I guess holding Christian McCaffrey to under 100 yards is not it. Now um,
0: you you can you can use that. It, it was brought up earlier in the show, but that's still
1: pretty bold. Mm, the no, no, they've already done it. It's it's less bold when they've already done it.
0: He has more <laughs> yards than the New York Jets.
2: That's still <laughs>
1: It's officially. a split decision, Carmen. So you can basically do whatever you want. That well, is.
2: I mean, I was going to do whatever I want anyway. <laughs> but um, uh, I don't know. Do I want to go something different? No, I feel like I feel like that's my bold prediction. I'm 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 in hot water with bold predictions right now because last week I benched Michael Thomas um, in fantasy, and uh, that you know came back to bite me. So I thought the Bucks were gonna handle him. Um and they didn't as much as I would have liked. So I'm gonna go with they're gonna once again hold Chris McCaffrey to under hundred yards of total offense. I like it.
0: And if it makes you feel any better, um I'm I'm in a fan duel league and at approximately twelve fifty seven I took Chris Godwin out and put Mike Evans in.
2: Oh, yeah, oh. That,
0: that did not end well for me, David, your bold prediction. Good, sir.
1: Um, So my bold prediction. So, James, you know, uh, you know, I do I do a know your enemy piece every week for BucksNation.com where I take one player of the opposing team and kind of it's not a full blown scouting report, but just a little bit of information on them for Bucks fans who maybe don't know about them. I was going to go Kyle Allen, but I've decided to change my mind. I'm not going to see what that's going to be. but. When I was researching Kyle Allen for when he was going to be the guy, I stumbled upon a pretty cool stat. He's one of only four undefeated quarterbacks who have started, you know, more in, more than two games or whatever this year. And he's got the highest pass rating out of all of them. He's got a higher pass rating than Tom Brady, higher pass rating than Jimmy Garoppolo. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I was very surprised. So I kind of wanted to dig into why. And it's because he has no interceptions, which is awesome. And I'm really happy for the guy. Here's my bold prediction. The Bucks are going to turn over Kyle Allen three times. And two of them Ooh. are going to be fumbles. This dude has six fumbles. In three starts. Um, so his passer rating is really great because he doesn't throw interceptions, he fumbles. <laughs> so right. that's where guys like Indominus Sue, Vea, Carl Nassib, since we can't talk about Shaq, um are gonna come in. I feel like three turnovers is a good number for Kyle Allen this weekend, and I feel like two of them will be fumbles.
0: And the third one's the the Davis interception that I predicted.
1: I'm all for it, as long as there's not a penalty associated there you go. with it.
2: Well, why right. don't we throw in, like, a Carl Nassib interception or something, too?
1: Why not? Well, he'll here have, a, he'll
0: have a, a strip sack fumble.
2: That? Strip sack Re- fumble, okay. That.
0: Recovered by suits So, see, everybody's defensive player of the game is getting involved here. Yeah, okay. I appreciate <laughs> that. It'll be a repeat of, of uh, you know, what happened in Los Angeles, only it'll be Nassib forcing the fumble instead of Shaq. Instead of
2: Shaq, okay. Because we can't talk about Shaq.
0: That's true. We well, I mean, we can talk about him. He just can't be our predictive player of the game. All right, um, right, all right fair enough. My bold prediction is for the fifth consecutive game, Jameis Winston will have a passer rating of over a hundred. Okay, that's it.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So it is time for score predictions. As always, I already said mine on the crossover Wednesday episode. And it's an even numbered week, which means it's a Buccaneers win. I took the Bucks to win 33 to 28. Carmen, what is your score prediction for the Bucks and Panthers in lovely London?
2: Lovely London. Um, I am also going to go with a Bucks win and the sweep of the Panthers for the season. Uh and scores is going to be don't know that it's going to be an offensive game. I'm going to go 28-24.
1: All right, David? 31-14 Tampa Bay. Whoa! Picking a route.
0: Yeah. That, That should have been your bold prediction, sir.
1: I'm not saying anything else. I've talked a lot today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that is fine oh because we have to wrap it up anyway. Carmen, thank you so much for some of your time. And and yes, we we know that this is airing on Friday, but currently, right now, you have not left. So hopefully your flight out to London is smooth sailing, uh, and Scott doesn't bug you too much while you guys are heading out there.
1: Appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Oh, speaking He's of which, little... Carmen. Yes.
2: did
1: you uh did you, did you catch that Scott put out that he does ninety eight percent of the work? For the no, where did you say that? Uh oh, <laughs> on the on the Peter cast. <laughs> Oh,
0: you just made a very You're long, serious? uncomfortable I just, flight. I just thought for... you deserved
1: to know. And if you happen to to let him hear about it the entire flight over to London, oh, then that's oh, your progress.
2: Oh, he will hear about it, especially because I just had to cover for a roster move for him this morning. So, <laughs> hmm. We don't see.
1: You know what? <laughs> I'm just joking. Course. Course joking. I know,
0: I'm going to mail know, you. Course. A case of skyline chili. Oh, jeez. No. And you're just oh no, no, wait for it. Just take a can every once in a while, leave a couple in your desk, and then just take one and open it up. And while he's on his lunch break,
1: just walk by and just dump the whole can on his food.
2: Oh, I wouldn't do
1: that. So Scott's never coming (laughs) on because I narc on him now. Carmen's never coming on because you're threatening her with chili. No, no, she's no. she's to use it as a weapon against
0: Scott for his...
2: Yeah, but then I still have to smell it if I have to open it.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: there's nothing wrong with chili,
1: okay?
2: Goodness. Uh, Skyline chili. Not How
0: really... dare you, Carmen? I thought we were friends.
2: Uh, well, not if it comes down to chili. Uh,
0: have you had Skyline chili? I don't I don't know if I've no, ever... No, heard... I
2: uh,
0: Well, then you don't know if it's good or not. You haven't tried I'm going to hang out now.
1: Just
2: listen, let me know how this goes. I mean, I, no. All right, listen, I'm Italian. Spaghetti and pasta is, you know, a religion at this point. And well, you, that, is, that is defacing and defiling the good-hearted nature of spaghetti.
0: Well, number one, I'm also Italian. Number two, <laughs> I don't eat the chili on the spaghetti. I eat it on the hot dogs. Who doesn't love a chili dog?
2: Oh, I actually don't like jelly
0: dogs either. Oh, I just can't win with you today. But thanks for coming on.
2: <laughs> you're welcome.
0: <laughs> All right. Make sure you're checking out everything Carmen is doing over at buccaneers.com and follow her on Twitter at Carme V. Check out everything David and I are doing over at bucksnation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at lockedonbucks, at jarco underscore bucks, at dh82 underscore bucks, and at bucks underscore nation. David's going out of town. So he will not be here for the reaction episode on Monday, and he probably won't be here for the episode on Tuesday. So here's what's going to happen. I don't do voicemails. That's that's David. I am not good enough at all of the techno babble to do the voicemails. So if you have a reaction to the game, I need you to tweet them to me or the Bucks Nation account. Use hashtag LOBREact, and Bailey Adams and I will take on all of your post-game Questions. Hope you all have an absolutely phenomenal weekend, and thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Love.